Hey, hey, you were listening to JC Talks, a podcast about life, leadership, and human flourishing. My guiding philosophy is simple. What you can be, you must be. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live an all-in life, be an all-in leader, and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly, and I'm so grateful you've joined me for a few moments today. We are in the book, The Science of Success. Happy Friday, by the way. And I hope you've had a wonderful week. I'm going to go ahead and dive right on in. Uh, we're talking about the science of human action, or at least that's what Charles Koch calls this, the science of human action. I'm going to read a little bit before we get to this idea that we're going to talk about today, comparative advantage. Okay, so we're going to talk about that and what that means. But let me read a little bit from this book so we at least can set this up about what we're talking about. Here we go. The science of human action applies not only at the macro level of societies and nations, but also at the micro level of individual organizations. And this is Charles Koch writing this here. He says, it took me some time to see how understanding the conditions that lead to prosperity could contribute to our efforts to build the company. It became clear because as I learned introductory economic concepts, such as opportunity cost, subjective value, and comparative advantage, I instinctively began to apply them in our company. As I did so, I was surprised to find that while some of these concepts were taught in economic departments and business schools, they were rarely and inconsistently applied in actual practice. An example from the late 1960s concerned one such introductory concept that, in spite of being widely taught, was not widely practiced. We were addressing the question of when to sell some inventory. I suggested selling it immediately, but was told the price was below what we had initially paid, so we should wait until it recovered. I pointed out that this shouldn't be the test because what we paid was now a sunk cost. And he goes on to say, a sunk cost is an unrecoverable past expenditure. Such costs should seldom be taken into account when determining what to do in the future because other than possible tax effects, they are irrelevant to what, uh, uh, to what can be recovered. Uh, Charles Koch goes on, instead, I argued our test should be forward-looking and governed by the standard of opportunity cost versus sunk cost. We should only hold the inventory if we have strong evidence that the price is likely to rise rather than fall even further. He goes on to talk about opportunity cost, and he says this, opportunity cost is the value of the most uh, valuable alternative that must be foregone to undertake a given act. In decision-making, we must look at opportunity cost rather than book or sunk cost. That is, we must look forward rather than backward. He goes on to say, later we found even more powerful ways to apply the concept of opportunity cost. To encourage entrepreneurship among our employees, including appropriate risk-taking, we began to consider the profit foregone from an opportunity missed to be equivalent to a book loss resulting from a failed venture. In another example, I urged our salespeople to understand each customer's subjective values and to tailor the way we dealt with them accordingly. He goes on to write about subjective value. We're almost coming to this idea of comparative advantage. Stay with me. He writes about subjective value. All economic value derives from people valuing a good, not its cost. Because value is subjective, it is not measurable. Only a person's actions uh, action, not what he says, gives us an indication of how he values something. This is called demonstrated preference. 
if somebody buys an Apple, we, we know he values the Apple more because the price plus the time and effort to make the purchase. Thus, there is no such thing as an even trade. For any exchange to occur, both parties must believe they will gain. Given the choice, people will satisfy their highest values first. This leads to the concept of diminishing marginal utility. Since people satisfy their highest values first, each subsequent unit of a good will be put to a lower valued use. This explains why something is uh, why something as a as as, bun, as abundant as water, while much more valuable than diamonds in total, is much less valued at the margin. Then he goes on to talk about this. The concept of comparative advantage is another good example. After learning how this principle enhanced prosperity through trade, we applied it to the allocation of roles within a team or business. As we begin to hire large numbers of new employees and move existing employees into new roles, we applied this principle by placing employees in roles that best fit their capabilities in relation to both other roles and other employees. This requires a continual reassessment of roles and responsibilities. Otherwise, placement gradually retrogresses by becoming based on absolute rather than comparative advantage, lessening its effectiveness. When replacing someone on a team, the new individual is typically given the same roles as the previous person. Instead, all related roles should be re-optimized. That means when you place somebody new on a team, as opposed to saying, okay, you're taking, you know, so Sally's coming on the team and you're replacing Justin over here. So Sally, you're gonna take all of Justin's responsibilities. Just do what Justin did. What should be said, and we're going to talk about this here in a second, what exactly comparative advantage is, is, hey, Sally's coming onto the team. She has the right values. She has the right principles. Uh, she has the right mindset for what we're trying to do. Uh, she doesn't have exactly the same skill set that Justin has. So we're going to reevaluate the entire team. Okay. This almost is like systems thinking here. We're going to uh, reevaluate the entire team or evaluate the entire team. And we're going to adjust everybody's roles so that Sally can fit in and everybody will be working within their strengths. This is this idea of comparative advantage. And here's what Charles Koch says about comparative advantage. Nations, organizations, or individuals have a comparative advantage for those productive activities in which they create the greatest value relative to the value of the activities foregone. Two entities, both gained by trading with each other, even if one is productively superior to the other in all products, the superior produces uh, pro the superior producer, excuse me, gains by concentrating on the production of the products for which it has the greatest relevant superiority. The disadvantaged producer gains by concentrating on the production for which it is least advantaged. Okay. Just as all nations have comparative advantages that make trade beneficial, uh, even one country uh, does most things more effectively than another, even the most disadvantaged individuals have comparative advantages. So what does this mean, this idea of comparative advantage? It means this, okay? Bring this down to layman's terms. Every person, every team, every organization, every business has a set of strengths. Every, every single one does. And you are more smart, you're more wise, you're more brilliant if you focus in on that person, that teams, that organization, that business's strengths versus focusing in on the, the, the weakness. The investments that you make as a business, you know, think about mergers and acquisitions, and this is one of the strengths of Coke Industries. They always, um, when acquiring new companies, 
they would look at comparative advantage and say, what are we good at? What are they good at? Okay. Um, and, and if we want to purchase this company, does this company, can it be found within our comparative advantage, right? Now they have a set of their market-based management. They have a set of uh, values and principles and, and they run them through that as well. But uh, it'd be like somebody who, especially in a smaller company, if I have massive expertise in buying and selling restaurants, okay? And that's where I'm really good at. I'm great at buying restaurants, great at selling. I understand the, the intricacies of restaurants. And all of a sudden, someone calls me up and says, hey, uh, would you buy this, this, I'm just making something up, would you buy this, buy this oil rig based off the coast of California? Now, I could do that, okay? But if I'm looking through, again, this could be a mental model, right? If I'm looking through this idea of comparative advantage, I'd say, you know what? An oil rig doesn't necessarily fit within my own capabilities, doesn't necessarily fit, you know, fit within my own strengths. And so it would be wise for me to probably turn down this opportunity. And instead, I'm going to focus on buying up more restaurants. I'm going to focus on, and, and, and maybe within the restaurant industry, I can look at some other aspects. So for instance, this idea of from farm to table, right? Uh, in the restaurant industry, food does, it, it doesn't get to the customer's plate on its own, Right. The server doesn't go out to the local store and just buy some steak and throw it on the grill and then give it to the customer. That's not how it works. There's a whole process for how that steak gets from the farm all the way to that table. So a comparative advantage might mean I can learn more about that whole process. And maybe, and see, this is what the Coke, Coke, so this is what Coke Industries has done. They then go and invest in all these smaller aspects of this food industry, um, you know, kind of the, the fertilizer, the farming techniques, you know, certain aspects with the farming of it. Um, I mean, there's so many names here and I can't remember what they are, but you might as a restaurant owner and say, okay, I will then look at the whole process and I'll start investing in maybe buying companies. Maybe I'll buy a farm. Maybe I'll buy a few farms. Maybe I'll buy a ranch somewhere that, that raises these, you know, these, you know, these cattle, these cows. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, I'm just throwing this out there. If, if, if tequila is, is one of our, our most selling drinks, if it's one of our highest selling drinks, maybe I'll invest in a you know, tequila farm down in Mexico, down in Jalisco, right? And by doing that, maybe then I have more control and I don't have to pay as much. And then we can create our own kind of, you know, our, our own restaurant-owned tequila, right? So all of that's within the comparative advantage, but it fits within the restaurant industry. You're not going outside of that to look for some random thing that you can invest in. This is what he talks about when he talks about this idea of comparative advantage. Everybody has a strength. So again, just on a personal level, this is a leadership podcast. Let's, let's, make, it, let's make this personal. Uh, if your strength is, and I'm going to throw this out there. If your strength is sports, okay, and you get an opportunity to go sing in a local choir, even if you're decent, mildly decent, maybe that's not the best use of your time, talent, and treasure, right? Maybe the best use of your time, talent, and treasure is to focus more on sports, dive in. And maybe when you're done playing, you can then go coach sports. You can help other teams, right? Uh, coach sports. So again, if you're a sports fan and all of a sudden you feel this, you're getting older and you, excuse me, you feel this need to kind of give back to society, focus in on that area. Don't say, well, I'm going to go over here and just totally change up everything. Find your focus in life and all of your investment, all of your time should be focused in that one area.
right? So does that make sense to you, right? So this idea of comparative advantage is what am I great at? What is my team best at? What is my organization best at? And all of our emphasis everywhere we go, all the investments we want to make, whether internally or externally, need to be based around this comparative advantage as opposed to trying to find a bunch of different things and trying to do things from all kinds of different industries. And again, from a leadership point of view, this goes back to this, I think this goes back to this idea of focus, uh, that what I'm good at, let me be good at, let me succeed at, okay, those things I'm good at, and uh, everything else, I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of leave off the table and, you know, it's, it is what it is, right? So, um, so I hope that makes sense. Yeah, this idea of comparative advantage, focus in on your strengths, okay? And all your investments and the work you do, keep your focus on your strengths and let other people focus on their strengths and understand that people have comparative advantages as well. So when you're building a team, when you're building an organization, put people in their comparative advantages. This is what will bring this idea of human flourishing, which is what I'm all about. This is what will create more uh, human flourishing for your for yourself, for your team, for your organization. Is if you're cons- <coughs> excuse me, if you're consistently placing people where they are most talented, where they can best use their gifts, their traits, their calling, uh, their life, their their skills, all of it. Okay, this is how leaders think. How do I get the most out of the people around me? Well, I put them within their strengths and I need to do the same for myself, the same for my team, the same for my organization. That's all I got for you today. I hope you've had a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll dive in next week a little bit more on the science of success. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for, you know, giving up your time to this. I just want to say that you all could have you know, 20 to 30 minutes that you could do something else. And the fact that you choose to listen to this podcast means a great deal to me. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Take care. 